Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. And our special guest for this episode is a returning guest, was a guest uh, with us on Series 1. It's former Reading defender Andy Bernal. So, Andy, thanks very much for joining us. Early morning in Australia, late late night here in in England but uh thanks ever so much for getting up early to join us on the podcast no thank thank you guys for for having me uh back on again it's um uh, living my best life here uh, on the central coast of Australia these days and um you know following you know what's happening in, in back in England and especially with Reading FC um but it's always um always a pleasure um you know being on this this podcast with yourself and, and johnny um brings back nice nice uh, nice times for me um spent you know playing for a wonderful football club yeah and um unfortunately probably no dylan tonight he said he's going to try and make it but he's kind of um he's stuck out in the middle of nowhere i think with uh with no no internet access preparing for for a big game um Tomorrow night, so we're recording this on late at night on Tuesday morning because it's seven AM in um Australia where, where Andy is. So um it's very late at night in South Africa. Um but before we speak to Andy, um just a heads up for you that we've got yet another former Reading player confirmed as a guest coming up over the next few days. So Here's um, our guest coming up as follows. So tomorrow, um, available anytime after six o'clock, it's uh, Reading Women's Defender Lily Woodham. And then on Friday evening, former Reading Defender Limvoy Primus. And then on Saturday evening, it's former Reading midfielder John Halls. So that one's just been confirmed. And they're all available anytime after six o'clock. And all of the episodes are are still there on YouTube and um, wherever you get your podcasts. So if you want to go back and look at any previous uh, episodes, you can. We've recently put out our previous episode with, with Andy. So that's available now, talking about David Beckham and all sorts of things on, on that. And um, Andy talks about his book. So we'll be covering a little bit 
of that stuff, but we're we're trying to uh, bring it right up to date with what Andy's doing now. Um, and of course, in terms of episodes coming up, as soon as the new manager is announced, we'll we'll jump on that and bring you an episode um, talking about our reaction to the new manager. We don't know when that's going to be, but we think it's imminent. And there's been some sort of an announcement that um, Reading fans who buy season tickets can speak to the manager on June the 2nd. So we think that might mean they might even know who it is already. Um, and at the time of recording this episode, so uh, it's Tuesday late night uh, on Tuesday at the moment. Um, so at the time of recording, Chris Wilder is still the favourite to become Reading's new manager um, although he's also being linked with the Hearts job. Um, former Portsmouth manager Danny Cowley is currently second favourite. Um, and one of the other managers in the running, apparently, is Notts County manager Luke Williams. But perhaps we should take all of that with a pinch of salt, as Luke Williams is also apparently being linked with the England manager's job, really. I, I don't know how these, how these odds work, but that's... That's what I what I saw earlier. Uh, he's ten to one to become the new England manager. Apparently, I can't believe that somehow. But stranger things have happened. Um, so, in other news, I'm I'm told by Dylan Kerr, um, who knows Phil Parkinson very well, and I said, "Is is this for real?" And he said, "Yeah, this is for real." Um, so, Dylan tells me that former Reading captain Phil Parkinson has received a handwritten letter of congratulations from King Charles for winning the National League title with Wrexham. I asked Dylan, is that for real? He said, yes, that's for real. So, I don't know. Maybe he's going to like say, oh, it was a wind-up afterwards. But I think it's true. <laughs> so, anyway, congratulations to, to Phil again. Um, and we're hoping to get Phil on uh, as a guest as well very soon. And talking of Dylan Kerr, his Marumo Gallant side have their CAF Confederation Cup semi-final second leg Tonight, so that's Wednesday evening, that's five o'clock kickoff UK time. So by the time you listen to this, um, that game might have already finished. So they're 2-0 down from the first leg away. Um, but they have won all six of their home games in the Kafkan Federation Cup this season so far. So we wish Dylan good luck for that. Um, and he might need a bit of good luck as his players went on strike um, on Tuesday afternoon. Um, and that was apparently in protest that the the bonuses aren't aren't good enough for reaching the final or something like that. So uh, Dylan's got his uh, his work out there, but but they've won all their games at home. So <clears throat> fingers crossed for Dylan. Um, so come to you now, Andy. You were part of that amazing Reading team under Mark McGee and Colin Lee that went on to reach the nineteen ninety five playoff final, of course. And uh, Andy got a, a message for you from Dylan. He sends his regards. He says he's uh, bought your book. Doesn't say if he's read it or not. He says he's bought it. <laughs> um, and he wants me to ask you, this is from Dylan, so don't shoot the messenger. He wants me to ask you if you're still as tight as you used to be. And you are very welcome to send a message back in return if you'd like to. Is, is is he still as not funny as, as he used to be? Not funny? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, he's still. He uh, thinks he is. He thinks he still is. Still cracking jokes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the he um he's he's a good lad and and he um uh, just a wonderful character and and again very fortunate for me to to um to know Dylan and and to be one of the first guys that, that I met 
when I arrived um, in Reading, and, and he was certainly one of the guys that, that helped me fit into the the whole town, city, whatever you want to call it, and the club. Um, wonderful guy. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, he does try and be uh, funny all the time. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he's not. Um, how that's working with his, his managerial career, um, who knows? Early time will tell. But um, um, yeah, let him take the piss. He can he can say whatever he wants. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, it, it would have been worse if he was actually on the episode. I'm sure. But um, yeah, no, um, he's um, he sent him. Send he's him hiding. Him, tell him to keep trying. Yeah, I will. I will. To be the main so, man. To be funny. Yeah, so uh, Andy, one of the things we, we'd like to talk to you about is your, your current role. You're head of athletic development and vibe manager with Central Coast Mariners in Australia. So can you tell us a bit about what your role entails and what a vibe manager is? So for for those listeners um, from the UK that, that probably uh, maybe not aware of, of the A-League here in Australia, that's the, the top league here in the country and... Um, uh, probably very similar to Major League Soccer in the United States. Um, that's probably the equivalent. Um, a friend of mine, Richard Peel, uh, came in last year and, and purchased the Mariners, and I came in with him and met Nick Montgomery uh, and quickly became one of his lieutenants. And, and my role as athletic to, head of athletic development is to sit in between Nick and the strength conditioning department and uh, deliver a lot of the, the fitness and and. and uh, uh, strength programs to our athletes you know we um it's a wonderful club um it's it's a club that um we finished second this year in the league um with the youngest team playing in the a league uh with the lowest budget of of any club in the country we are the number one team in asia to play under 23 players um qualified for for the champions league which is a, a massive thing for this club and um, I'm just very blessed to, to be able to work with um, uh, as one of Nick Montgomery's lieutenants. Um, you know, I was talking to Mark earlier before, and um, I've been around great managers and, and some are friends of mine. Some I've worked under. Brian Clough signed me for Nottingham Forest initially. You know, I've been around the, the Mark McGee's, the Alan Pardews, the Brendan Rogers, um, Del Bosque at Real Madrid. Um, I'm friends with Julian Lopetegui, the... Uh, the Wolves manager, um, you know, I've played in teams where Ferguson has been the manager, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Nick Montgomery is um, has a wonderful CV as a player, um, but as a manager and a man, um, he's of the highest ilk. You know, he will grace the EPL, uh, La Liga, Serie A one day, and um, for any chairman, for any owner out there, um, I'm talking about... Um, uh, a man and, and manager of, of the highest, highest order. So I'm um, very blessed to wake up every day and go in. Um, and and, and uh, besides the athletic development, which is really, you know, a focus on producing world-class athletes, you know, stroke footballers, um, he made me vibe manager and um, thought of it, he was joking at first. And apparently it's the first vibe manager in, in global football. But um, uh I looked it up one afternoon when I came home and, and, and my wife said, actually, the vibe thing, it's a thing. And, uh, and, and Google and Microsoft and, uh, you know, the Hard Rock Hotel chain around the world employ vibe managers. And um, uh, however you want to, um, uh, you know, or whatever you want to make of that or, or whatever it is, it's, I suppose it, it's just 
creating an environment and an ambience and, and, and a culture um, where where young men or young women can come come into a football club in the morning with a smile on their face and happy to be at training and work hard and and leave the place and, and then making sure that um, the dressing room environment is 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 is, is a beautiful thing because uh, as we all know in football you know you, you just need one or two or three you know people that don't fit in for whatever reason and um, it spreads like cancer and then creates a, an environment and culture that that uh, doesn't lead to success in football and. You know the the feeling and the the environment and atmosphere that that, that we have now here at the Central Coast Mariners um, is very 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 similar to to what I encountered um, in that first season of of, of mine at Reading, um, and it's almost indescribable. Um, it's hard to put into words, but it's just a vibe and a feeling that that you get. And and then you know I mentioned that in my book, you know. You know, under McGee and, and Colin Lee and Mick Hickman that first season, um, and then later on Jimmy and Mick, uh, it's almost like you, you felt invincible. You know, and, and when you lost a game or, or drew a game, and, and there was no issues. You know, it was you know, let's get back to the training ground. Let's you know, look forward to the following weekend because we knew that we would turn it around. And um, it's a pretty special, amazing feeling, and doesn't happen a lot. In football, so when you get a, a coaching unit or, or staff that can produce that, well, you know you, you better run with it. Yeah, um, and Andy, you you could actually um, be one part of um, Reading versus Reading in the grand final um, because uh, you could face Sydney FC and former Reading striker Adam Lafondre in the A League grand final. So. Both teams have, have got to the the semi final, um, and you've got your second legs coming up this weekend. So Sydney are one all from the first leg against Melbourne City, thanks to an Adam Lafondre penalty. Um, and Central Coast Mariners, you're two one ahead from the first leg against Adelaide United. So the two semi finals are evenly poised. So um, what do you reckon of uh, a Banal versus Lafondre final? I think it'd be um it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing for Reading fans. Look, it'd be amazing for for Australian football as well to have that that link. Um, you know, the last time we we played them um, was away at Allianz Stadium, and I think Adam might have scored the winner on that day. So um, they've had the better of us over. I think this season the games are two to one to them. Um, but again, we, we we fear nobody. I think with our best eleven on on the pitch, we can we can beat anybody. The first hurdle is getting past Adelaide. But um, look, it's always nice to to um, you know whether it's your team or whether you're looking at the opposition and, and there's someone that's played for a former club. And in this case, with Adam Redding, um, it's just I suppose it's a nice um, it's a nice little addition to to, to match the match day fixture. So. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'd rather be playing against him than, than actually, you know, having to watch from the sidelines or, or in the stand or doing what I do. Um, but um, you know, he's certainly a, a, a fantastic player. I know he was a, a great servant for Reading, um, but certainly from from my point of view, um, would look to eliminate him on on, on on any particular match that I you know come up against him or or, or our team comes up against him. 
Yeah. Um, Johnny, going to hand over to you now. Yeah, no, I was saying, I, I, I love the A-League, Adam. Jeez, uh, Andy, I was like, I was there for years, back in 2005, when it first started. I've been watching for years, I lived there. Um, and the Central Coast Manors, the, the two sauce bottles on the pitch. That's it. <laughs> that famous, that famous uh, <laughs> view, wasn't it? But like, you, the Mariners have been through a lot of changes over the years, haven't they? And when we talked to you last year, you were in a, a process of change again. And what you've done this season has been amazing, isn't it? To get where you are now. How do you go? At, you got Adelaide away. Uh, Craig, good win, pass player. How do you go out of that game and go, right, how do you set the players up? We're away. This is our moment. And mine, so well, I know you can't give too much away on, a, on this call, but... No, um, but that's... <clears throat> it's nice. It's nice what you say about, about the Mariners. It's a wonderful part of of the world. It's a wonderful part of Australia, just, mm. you know, north of, north of Sydney and south of Newcastle on the coast here. Our, our stadium, for those that haven't seen it, should... Because it's it's one of the most beautiful iconic stadiums uh, on on the planet, um, just so just amazing, um, and uh, we, we've amassed a a young playing squad, uh, and we give them wings, we empower them, um, we give them opportunity, we want them to become you know Olympic uh, players that go to the Olympic Games for Australia. We want them to become Socceroos, which is you know players for the national team. Um, we're a selling club, uh, so young men that come here know that they'll be given an opportunity, and, and we can help them, um, you know, live their dreams of, of playing in Europe or for one of the big clubs of of, of wherever. Um, you know, this weekend <clears throat> we treat it as, as as another game. We've we went to Adelaide a few weeks ago and beat them um, to qualify second above them for the Asian Champions League. Uh, we um, we then went last week and, and uh, leading two one um, after that match in a two legged semi final. So um, for us, nothing changes. Uh, we bring the, the lads in and, and training is exactly the same as, as every other week. You try and keep them as calm as possible, um, but we continue with the same processes and the same uh, planification uh, that we have done from from day one. I've um, I've been around the world, I, 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 as you guys know, and, and I was the first Australian to play in Spain, and I, I've seen a lot of um, a wonderful football and, and, and trainers and, and coaching sessions and, and head coaches when I was at Real Madrid with was Beckham and Ronaldo Nazario and Zidane, and, and um, you know it's it's a the modern the modern game the, the modern day football requires a, a very um, special type of manager and coach and, 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 and assistants that, that bring different dynamics to the table, that bring um, a different kind of madness to the table, you know, and, and if you can find a manager that can put a team like that together and, 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 and make it all gel together, then you have a very special unit that can then go and, and, and educate, mentor and empower young men uh, to go and believe and, and and actually put in place um, a wonderful football, and that's what we do at the at, at the Mariners. You know, we we fear nobody. You know, we um, our coaching unit headed, headed by Nick um, 
it would be no different uh, whether it's the Mariners or, or whether it was Real Madrid. Yeah, uh, I know if Nick went in to Real Madrid tomorrow with the team he has, um, it would be business as usual, um, and players would adapt and uh, and and he would bring success to 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 that club, which doesn't mean you know, obviously it, it, it's the number one over many 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 years. Um, but um, for most clubs that are looking for success, for most clubs that are looking, um, you know, to bring uh, beautiful times to, to their city, to their town, uh, um, you know, um, I know I'm going into bat for Nick again, but, 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 but wonderful. You know, I'm blessed to be around him. And, and, and again, there's also something about besides the football, um, uh, the, the character of, of, of of coaching staff, the, the character of men themselves and a man himself. And uh, we, um, you know, we have a no dickheads policy, you know, that, uh, uh, and, you know, you can be a fantastic player, but if you don't fit in and you're a dickhead, you're out the door. You know, Eddie's job right. is to grab by the, the collar and, and put you out on Brian Drive and, and see you later. Um, is that uh, easy to notice, Andy? From from, from when you when you you see these young lads that come through, and obviously you know Australian football is very different to the English football. Is in you know the pubs in England, you've got how many hundreds of clubs, non-league. Australia is obviously a very different world. But like you know the recruitment policy for getting players into the post Mariners, how far do you look? Do you look overseas? Do you look personality? You know we've talked about on here about I'm sure you're aware like you know Steve Coppel and people look at you know the, the people's backgrounds how much work goes into that for you for the mariners to go right this is the oh, right one or no no we're not touching him he's not, he's not good. Oh, uh, great question and and um very important you know we had a, a couple of guys out here that started the season as part of our kind of marquee um brigade um and they didn't fit in you know they they came from portugal um I think uh, one of them was a Nigerian international at, at, at under-23s level. And for whatever reason, you know, that they were decent footballers but didn't fit into the culture of the dressing room. And, and um, yeah. we quickly, you know, got rid of them. And, and since they left, uh, it, it's created a whole new atmosphere um, within the dressing room. So we do character checks. We do um, football checks and, and, you know, from from Nick, um, you know, who's who was at Sheffield United for many, many, many years yeah. and, and you know, his career. Um, we have uh, his assistant Serge Raimundo was um, uh, one of the heads of the, the Benfica Academy for many years. Uh, my connections in Spain, from Lopetegui to Del Bosque to Luis Enrique. Um, so there's not really a part of the world that, that we can't connect with or, or or make a phone call to. Um, where we can check up on on players, and it's very important, you know, because um, in this league, when you only get the opportunity to, um, you only have the opportunity to, to bring in three, four marquee players, and, and they're the ones that usually get the most money. So you've got to be really spot on with those signings. Um, and um, so for example, Lafondra at Sydney, you know, they they would have done their homework. They would have said, you know, whatever. Um, I looked at, at at everything that needs to be looked at before they signed Adam, and, and I think he's been a wonderful signing for them. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we try and do. Um, us even more so because we don't have the budget that Sydney FC have, that Western Sydney Wanderers have, that 
Melbourne Victory have that Melbourne City or owned by the City Group have. So we um, we need to be pretty precise with it, um, and I think we are. But um, oh, it's, these... it's worked, isn't it? It's been proves in the pudding, isn't it? As they say, like you know where you are now. It's like that's brilliant. And Andy, just um, carrying on from that. I'm sure there's going to be at least a few Reading fans that are listening to this thinking, you know, I wish I wish Reading was like that. Um, so bringing it up to Reading, you know, bring it on to Reading's situation. Um, what do you make of what's happened with Reading over the last few seasons, really, and, and in particular this season with, with relegation to League One? Have you been keeping an eye on that? And, and if so, what? You know, what what's your feeling from that side of the world as to you know what's gone wrong really? I've I've been keeping an eye on it, and it's um, look it always saddens you to 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 see your club you know go down a a division and what are they now? Is it is it called League One or, or League yeah, Two? Yeah, League One, League One. So the problem is it's not that easy to get out of um, and. and I don't know the financial situation of, of the club right now. I hear it's 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 not great in, in terms of how much they can strengthen the side, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know, now now is now is a really important time for Reading Football Club in terms of um, who, who they select as a manager. You know that you know that over the next two, three, four years can be um, really crucial in terms of. Does the club begin to go up and, and get promotion and, and return to you know, to prosperity of sorts, or, or does it sink further? You know, mm. a, a real important time, um, and, and, and uh, you know, how do you select? You know, the manager. What type of manager do you want? Do you want a, a real big name that um, that is maybe a little bit more old school? Do you bring in a, a young progressive manager? Um, that can work with uh, younger players that can work with lesser budgets. Um, you know, there's some very good, young, intelligent, uh, clever managers, you know, coming through now. So their choices that, that Reading will have to make, I, I don't know who makes them, I don't know who still exists on the board, on, uh, you know, at, at director of football level. Um, it was a lot easier when Sir John was in charge. You know, um, you know, he, he listened to one or two people. Um, you know, the new football below him and, and everything else was kind of an easy process. I don't know how it works at, at Reading these days, but what I can say is it's a delicate time for the club, a delicate and crucial time for the club. And the last thing you want to do is start League One and then it's not great. You've brought in a manager and then you've got to replace him and then. Um, it, it, um, uh, I wish it wasn't like it is now, but, but, you know, all I can say to Reading players, fans and the club, uh, um, you know, it's a time, you know, to get behind the club. It's a time to, to be resilient. Um, it's a time to, um, uh, to visualize, you know, returning to, to the bigger leagues and, and, um, you know, my, my life, my story, my life. You know, at times, you know, after after football and, and with Beckham, you know, uh, you know, for those that, that don't know, were some dark times, and and um, it's a story of resilience. And uh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't be here. You know, I should be dead, um, but I'm not. So you know, um, 
there, there's one example. Uh, that's just on an individual level. But but Reading can can get back to, to the fantastic times and, and filling that stadium as a premiership one day. It's just about how long that will take, and, and that will be dependent on on the one or two men that they choose to to you know be the generals that that return that club to to where it should be. Um. And obviously, you know, Reading fans will want to see Reading go straight back up, get into the playoffs, all that sort of thing. But in your mind, you know, considering Reading's position, just getting relegated back to the the third tier um, for the first time in, you know, 21 years. Um, what do you think the most crucial thing is to get the right foundations in the play, in place to move on from in, in the near future rather than kind of the focus being all about getting promotion straight away? Is, is that more important, do you think? I think uh, I think it all works t- together, you know, and um, what we would do here is, you know, we, we'd start through our academy and, and look at all the boys, the young men that, that might be 18, 19, 20 that can play in our first team, you know, that we believe we could, you know, put straight into the, the first 11 and that they could do a job for us, you know, under the right guidance. Um, you know, that's what you have academies for. That's why you, you need to have them and you need to produce good quality players that are also world-class athletes uh, because it saves you money as well. You know, it saves you money. You know, you can't go and sometimes, I'm not sure what Reading's, uh, you know, they got part of the relegation was due to losing points for, you know, um, for financial irregularities, is that correct? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, so yeah. spending so too much money. You might have to, yeah, you might have to change the whole thinking and say, you know what, we, we don't have one million, we don't have 100 million, we don't have 300 million, um, but we have 40 or 50 young men, you know, from, from the first 11 through to the under 18. We have 50, 50 young men at this club that um, need to take us back. Up a division and then up another division. How do we do it? How do we empower them? How do we educate them? How do we mentor them? How do we, uh, you know, give them seconds and give them uh, give them wings and, and empower them to to get this? Because it's just easy. It's too easy to bring in a, a manager and give him a bag full of money and, and, and go and do this. And then, what if that doesn't work? Mm. Well, it hasn't. It really hasn't. What's happened? Yeah, time and time again, really, isn't it? That's what and and then, you're, then, then, then you're in more shit, you know. And it doesn't yeah. seem like there's any. It doesn't seem like there's any 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 greater plan in place, you know. Uh, a club philosophy, a club, uh, whether you want to call it that or not, it just doesn't seem to to be any um, anything in place. And, and, and you know what I. Spoken to on many occasions with Nick and, and Serge here is um a, a lot of times people in football um you know are looking for you know for for ideas for a landscape that they can maybe model themselves on uh you know a, a process and and you know I always revert back to you know uh, Real Madrid you know like fourteen Champions Leagues and, and major success you know the club of of the last century and and you know, there's something about that club. There's something about the, you know, the the academy, the philosophy of, of the whole club, the culture within it, um, and they must be doing something right. Um, and, and the amount of times in football that I mention that to, to to coaches or to people, and then then they go and do the opposite, 
or, or seem to be doing the opposite. It just it astounds me because wouldn't you want to follow uh, the yeah. leading light? Of, of, well, not so long ago, um, you know, under Sir John Medeski, Red, Reading were, were an example of exactly that. And, <laughs> and now it's Brighton and it's Brentford. Um, but Andy, just, just want to take you back to your time at Reading and, um, you, you, exp- you went through the same, you know, experience that the, the Reading, um, players that have been through this season, you experienced relegation to the third tier. We're reading in 1998. Um, so having gone so close to, you know, you finished second in 1995, any other season would have gone up to the Premier League automatically. Um, so what was it like to to have that, you know, fantastic season, get close to going up to the Premier League, and then three years later, you're getting relegated to the to the third tier. What's that like for, for a player? And, and how do you kind of, Think to yourself, you know, we're going to bounce back from this. How, what's the thought process when you go through something like that? Well, it's it's, it's very devastating, um, uh, you know, to yourself as an individual, but but you know, um, you know what it means to uh, to the fans, you know, to to the people that uh, go and support you every week. So it, it's it's not a particularly nice feeling or, or time in your life, um, you know, and um, uh, brings a little darkness to, to, to everybody's lives, I believe, and it's very hard to get out of it. And But like I said before, it, it's all about, um, it, it's, it's the management team above the players that lead the way, that are the generals that uh, provide the light, that provide the inspiration. And, and, and if you don't have it, and, you know, we're ready for... Um, I was at Reading you know, for, for three, four years where there didn't seem to be, um, you know, managers came and managers left, and, and but there was no, there was no real platform, you know, um, uh, of, of, of what was going to happen. And I think um, the ship was steadied a little bit, you know, Pardew came in and then Brian McDermott, and um, you know, Brian's a wonderful. Wonderful manager, wonderful guys. You know, I don't know much of, of the other managers that came in after uh, after Brian, but um, you know, sometimes you can get into a little merry-go-round that that's, I feel has been you know the, the case with Reading at the moment, where you know, just kind of bring in two or three managers uh, for the sake of it, for a bit of a you know um, immediate inspiration, immediate hardness, immediate kind of. Um, Pump up for one of a, a better phrase or word, and, and but it doesn't work because there's there's no platform, there's no foundation, there's no, um, you know, uh, uh, you know where there's there's the management team go and watch the under 18s as an under 18 kid ever been plucked out and put straight into the first team on a weekend. I don't know if those things happen, um, but they're things that. Um, that are very empowering to, to your academy. They're very empowering to, to, to the club, to the fans. You know, it's a, it's a very special thing when a 16, 17-year-old kid gets put on the bench. You know, because that happened lately. Uh, you need to find inspiration and beauty and, and, and empowerment in, in many different ways. You know, and, and that isn't always just going and buying two or three players that, that you know, that you believe are good players uh, that are going to, you know, take you immediately back up. You know, it needs to be a whole group, a whole 
um, vision um, you know, within that playing group, within that management group. And like you said, you know, you asked me the question, I, I feel for two, three years there was, uh, you know, a few managers you know, came and went at Reading and, uh, you know, there was a few different players come in and out, but it, it was it was never as it was the first season that I was there. And that was never replicated. That was never uh, uh, attained again. Um, sad in a way, um, uh, but but it was also because there was a very special group of players as well. You know, we there was no one on real big money. There was no one had, had gone any moves yet. You know, people were then subsequently you know going to be transferred. You know, because of the success that we attained, but uh, um, it was just you know fourteen, fifteen young men. Uh, that were mates that enjoyed playing football on weekends, uh, that enjoyed playing entertaining football for 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 Reading fans, and, and that knew a whole a whole town were, were behind them. You know, it was a, a it's a very empowering feeling. You know, and I don't think um uh, you know Reading late in later years, you know, the Premiership days and then sort of the Championship days have kind of uh, had a few of those occasions. Um, but um, it seems that the last few years has, um, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. You know, if, if I was there, you can kind of work out. I've heard little rumours here and there from a lot of people, um, but um, I don't know if it starts from, from above the ownership, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know any of those people. Um, so for me to comment, uh, this wouldn't be fair. Hmm. Johnny, do you want to come back in? Yeah, on ownership. Um, Andy, I was like, that's a perfect point to go on to. Like the ownership at your club now, how does that work for you? Because at Reading, you know, we've had we had Ryan Teverden, who was a uh, director of football five, six years ago, and he left because of uh, issues with other people. And since then, we've basically gone downhill big time. How was your? Is it a CEO over there for you? Or oh look, we have um. This client is really um, Mike Charlesworth still owns um, I think fifty one percent of the club. He's he's based in Leeds in England, and Mike is an Englishman that, that um, kept kept the the team afloat, you know, for the past eight, nine, ten years. And then we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Mike. Then Richard came in and acquired part of the club, and Richard Peel is a good friend of mine. He brought um, the Anytime Fitness um, uh, brand oh, yeah. into Australia. Yeah. Um, he, he's big on fitness. He's big on creating great athletes. Um, he's real big on, on, on platforms, on, on mindset and, and, and culture within uh, within organisations. Um, and, and he um, has come in and, and, and helped uh, Monty, myself, Serge, everybody um, from from the strength conditioning um, side of it. You know, there, there hasn't been any money. You know spared in terms of acquiring the best systems to, to read data of, of players on the pitch, on, on training pitches. Um, he's brought psychologists in. He's brought recovery systems in from the United States. Um, so, you know, but he he, he doesn't meddle in in, uh, in Nick's work. You know, Nick's, Nick's the boss. He's the head coach slash manager as as Ferguson was, as as... Puffy was, you know, they, they make all the decisions, all the playing decisions. They have no, the, the ownership have, have no role in, uh, neither does the CEO in terms of what players come in, what players don't come in. Um, he trusts you. 
You yeah. trust the guys yeah, to do yeah. the job that you're paid they for. Don't, they don't, don't get involved. If, if Mondi says, I want this player, I want that player, I want um, this done for the academy, um, their job is to do it and they do it. You know, yeah. So, um, it's it's uh, it's it's a very easy process um, and one that works and there's no meddling from from above. Um, you know, a few bosses that know what they're doing um, that are not mediocre in, in what they do. Um, they're professionals in, in whatever they do, and everybody knows their place. Yeah. Everybody knows their place, and um, it's it's kind of simple when you know how. It does sound so similar compared to the mess that Reading have been in over the last years because it's been a it's been a disaster from you know throwing money out it doesn't work does it you know, Reading have proved that time after time you know we we've, we've been over budget and points deducted but when you know it, compared to you know obviously the championship the A League which you know you said about you know obviously you can't compete with Sydney's budget and other bigger clubs to a point how how do you work that Does, do you have to go through a process of getting things approved by the A-League senior people when you sign players or a budget for a season? Like with the NRL, is it, you know, the, the, the salary cap and, and things like that? Has it worked the same way? Well, I don't think they police the salary cap uh, as the NRL do. But, um, you know, for example, all, all I can say to you is, is we, um, you know, we finished second in this league. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, on a budget of two, three million dollars, and, and there's teams like you know, there's four or five other teams above us uh, that are spending twenty to thirty million a year. Um, wow. So I'm talking four, five, six times more than us. Um, but do they play young people? Do they do they play yeah. five, six players that are under twenty three years of age? Probably not. You know, but that's that's on them. Um, you know, uh, I just believe. Uh, Young men, you know, at, at times in this country for many years haven't been given the opportunity. We've, we've had a lot of turnover and, and a recycling of older players, um, yeah. of older players that have, uh, you know, and, and marquees that have, have, have come back here that um, are on their last legs and, and just nicking a payday, you know. So yeah. no one gets a payday at our club, you know. You, um, you know, The greatest thing is for us, I believe, is... Uh, Nick and myself and Serge have been around the highest, most elite level of football. So um, when we put training sessions in place, um, when we set standards and goals, um, you know, we, we you can't trick a trickster. We we know what's required, you know, the English Premiership because Nick's played in it. You know, yeah. we know what's required in Spain. We know what's required around because we've, we've all played, we have experience in those levels. So... Um, you know, you need to be able to to fit in. You know, with our training and with our schedules and and, and how we work. Um, and for example, you know, you might get a couple of older marquees that have played uh, in top European football, but they they wouldn't fit into um, uh, our side because you know we require uh, we require warriors, we require world class athletes, and 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 you know we gauge our running. Data and 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 stats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we're not measuring ourselves against a, other A League clubs. You know, uh, I measure what our athletes do against the top clubs in Europe. Yeah, and, and one, before I pass back to Mark, is that like we've talked about a jigsaw 
Andy, where, you know, is that how it is for you? You, 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 you get the right fit, the right places and the team and that process. How important is that for a club? It's not about money, is it? It's about no, it's, the mentality and the people that you need. It's got nothing to, to do with money. It, it, it's um, You can bring me a $10 million player and I'll get you a kid from our academy that's going to outwork him. Yeah. It's kind of, out, out, whatever him out, outthink him, um, you know, and, and it's about uh, uh, educating these young men, you know. Um, but again, when 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 we put everybody together, um, everybody's got to buy into it. Um, and uh, when we put it together, you know, if you don't, uh, as 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 wonderful and beautiful as we can be. If, if you're a young kid coming through our academy, um, if you're a player that we bring from overseas, if you're a player that's, you know, a, a five, six-year veteran of the A-League, um, if you can't adapt to what we want, if you can't um, achieve the numbers or attain the numbers that we require from you on the pitch, then you won't play for us. Um, it, it's also ruthless in terms of elimination of the weak. Um, standards, but, isn't it? But well, yeah, standards, and, and you know the most important thing with standards. I'll tell you this now. Um, and since I've met Nick, and, and uh, you know, uh, we have certain standards at the club and a culture at the club, and uh, you know, it, it's people always talk about uh, you know standards and culture, um, but you can never attain standards and culture. If in the first place, you don't have good people, you know, so from from ownership through to the under 10s academy coach, we have good people and, and, and from all walks of life, you know, and, and people that have seen good days and bad days. And, and, and um, but, but, you know, overall, in general, when, when, when all is said and done, you sit down with people and you work out that's a good man, that's a good soul. You know he needs to be at this club, and and then that that is passed on down, and, and it's a, ref, a reflection of, of the whole club. And then you know then you start getting results, and then you you have you know and you create a club where not only at our club but we have. Um, Agents of the best under 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old kids in this country um, uh, calling us saying, can we bring our boy to you? Because he's not getting a, an opportunity at Melbourne City or Melbourne Victory or yeah. whatever. Can we bring him to you? Um, because he needs he needs to play and he'll become a socceroo and he could play in England and he could become a Viduka, a Kewl, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and that's a beautiful thing when people want to come to you. Yeah, definitely. And don't even talk, talk about money. <laughs> yeah, I need to go. Yeah, I need to go and play for you. Ambition um, and everything like else. You exactly. You know, it, it's um, you know, and we played in a time where, um, you know, if we played ten years further on. You know, we b- would have earned four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. You know what 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 I did. What others in 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 in, in the team that I played with did um but i look back upon it now and um some of us need to be pioneers you know and uh, that's how it is mm. 
Um, Andy, I've, I've got one last question for you then. Um, I'll uh, bring Johnny back in for see if he's got one one final question for you. You mentioned Brian Clough um, earlier. Um, and of course, it's very well known that part of the reason for Brian Clough's success was Peter Taylor. And at your time at Reading, you had Mark McGee, but you also had Colin Lee. Um, and you talked about everyone being on the same page. And, and at that time at Reading, I think that's what worked really well, didn't it? Because you had Colin Lee was giving you the instructions and Mark McGee was kind of, in a way, the motivator. What What do you feel those two um, did to bring the best out of the individual players and, and that team that you played in at Reading at that time? Well, I think you're missing a really important um, a really important name there, um, Mick Hickman, um, who was probably the third in that trio. And um, he uh, was the guy that, that got me over to Reading and played a role at Reading that, that I'm playing here at the Mariners now, where um, he kind of fit in between Colin and I. Um, and... Um, was probably a vibe manager before vibe management was even kind of a a, a phrase or a word or, or even you know, thought about in, in the world. So um, exactly what you've said about Mark and Colin now, I agree with you. Um, they had their two specific roles, um, but Mick was a, uh, he was a coach in his own right, but he was a motivator of men. He, he, he was the glue that, that connected a lot of the boys together. Um, he was kind of, one of the boys at times. Uh, so it, it, that was a key factor that sometimes um, sometimes people, um, you know, aren't aware of. So it was, he, he, he was the, the, the third man in, in, in the three amigos or, or the trifecta, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, but again, you know, it, it was, it was a special dynamic of those three together it just worked very well in empowering a, a team that um, was a little bit, you know, uh, dad's army-ish. <laughs> it was dad's army. It was, you know, four or five signings and it was a, a whole country, a nation of press that were probably um, writing us off. Um, and if you can harness um, negative publicity, if you can harness um negative thoughts towards your club, towards your, your team, and, and, and uh, somehow turn them into positives, then, then you, um, you know, and make the boys believe. And, and if, believe um, yeah, if, if Reading was Dad's Army at that time, what uh, Dad's Army character was Dylan Kerr? <laughs> oh, man. I'll let you guys decide. Don't, like. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> Don't panic. Yeah. So we we um yeah we were uh, you know there was some you know from 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 Dove Check you know to Jeff Hopkins these guys were you know uh, the older stalwarts uh, but just a lot of experience and, and very good footballers and then there was a lot of uh, younger lads coming through and mid aged guys that that still had and harboured ambitions of, of playing high levels of football so um, just a wonderful time you know for me. Um, I hope Reading can get back there. You know, it's a wonderful club. You know, there have been Australians that have gone there after me and, and said, you know, what an amazing place. And uh, 
um, premiership, you know, uh, you know, facilities. Um, but if you don't have premiership mindset, if you don't have premiership uh, processes in place, if you don't have premiership foundation, if you don't have, uh, you know, all all those things in place, you have nothing. You know, we we have a, a you know five six seven you know, sets of weights and then bench presses in in a little alleyway. We're we're, we're now building a new um, outdoor gym. You know, at, at the Central Coast at our training facility. Um, but the boys, um, you know, the greatest thing that that they got this year from you know through new ownership was a a sauna and an ice bath. You know, um, but but no one complains. You know, everybody jumps in that sauna and that ice bath. Um, and it breeds camaraderie, it breeds spirit, it breeds fight. And um, you know, that's um, if you if you educate these young men and, and you you show them the way, and you have a particular football um, method or methodology that you want to put into place that you know can win games that you know. Uh, and hurt, you know, even the greatest teams in the world um, with work, desire, uh, tactical kind of nous. If you have all these processes in place, uh, you can, um, you know, there's nothing that can stop you. You know, if, if you, uh, along with with the football side, understand that, that, you know, the boys that play need to be world-class athletes because, um uh, to play top top level football now and, and, and always you know the, the greatest players have always been the greatest athletes and when I was around uh, Beckham and Ronaldo Nazario and Figo and Zidane and these people at, at Real Madrid you know um, people may not think it or, or see it or but it's just, it's just ignorance um, when you're close up you realize how special these guys are as uh, as athletes in itself mm. Johnny, I'm going to hand over to you for the last question. Andy, your 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 journey, your mental health journey, I've watched and followed. I've been through mine uh, for different reasons, as you all do. Like, what advice would you give to anyone, especially us blokes, because we don't talk about our mental health. We we you know we we do different lives, but what would you say to someone that's struggling in in their their journey and and how how can how can we talk how can we make a difference look i think um i'm finding a lot of a lot of beauty now these days in um as part of my role at the club um and i do it off my own back i i I visit um rehab alcohol and rehabilitation centers every week here um from from young kids to to adults uh, to the Salvation Army events, uh, people that have, have, have kind of lost hope in, in life, and I try and just tell them my story um, yeah. and say, look, you know, look at look at where I am now, and, and you know, for ten, fifteen years, uh, I wasn't on this planet, you know. Um, uh, so there is there is, um, you know, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but you've got to make changes yourself in a way. You, you've got to start hanging around uh, the right company. You know, it's, it's you know, it's it's no secret if you uh, uh, hang around uh, bad company, you'll end up you know in, in in bad places, in bad ways, and then and that's what happened to me. And then you know, once I started 
hanging around with, with the right people, um, uh, the right path, and uh, and getting on the right path, and then anything is possible. But for me, uh, uh, for me, for my peace, for my sanity, now there's a, a place around the corner where I live. It's called the Glen Rehab, one of the best Indigenous um, rehab centres in in the country. Um, and I just go in there every day and, and do some weights with the boys and work out. It's, it, it's my piece. They they look at me and they go, wow, this guy should be dead. He was a crack cocaine addict. Um, and, and and Andy's back, you know, mad Andy's back. And um, that inspires people. I did a Salvation Army event, event uh, before Christmas. I uh, went out with my wife and, and spoke to 100 uh, people in there um, that were all, you know, Cocaine, meth, alcohol—you know, uh, you know—problems with with every kind of drug. And, yeah. and um, I gave them all my book. This was before Christmas. Chatted to them for an hour, and um, it was one of the most inspirational days of my life. Um, greater, probably far greater feeling that I touched people in in a, in a way where I'd given them hope greater feeling than, than ever playing for the Socceroos or or for Reading or, or, or any club that I've ever played for. And that's not being disrespectful to, to the football or the clubs, but on a personal personal human level, it, it was the fact that, that I could, you know, uh, they knew that it was someone telling them something that had been where they've been, where they are, um, and was now in a better place. Um, it's a very special thing, you know, to do. And, and, and that's what I do a lot around here now. So there you go. Yeah. All right, it means the world to people, Andy. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and Andy, just um, summarise, uh, you know, how, how would you how would you summarise what your book is about? It's called Riding Shotgun. Uh, and also where, where can people get hold of it? Is it is it the usual places, well, yeah. Amazon, et cetera? Well, you can buy it on, on Amazon, you know, and to read, or um, I've also narrated it. So if, if you don't want to read like Dylan Kerr or you can't read like Dylan <laughs> Kerr, then um, he has no excuses now. He can listen to it. And he'd probably say he'd be bored after about a, a chapter. But um, so look, it's a story of, um, you know, the first Australian soccer to to play in Spain. Um, the first Australian soccer route captain an English football club when I had the opportunity to wear the armband for uh, for Reading on, on numerous occasions. Um, it's an immigrant story about my, my parents leaving Spain and going to Australia and then me being the first guy to go back and, and play in the country they had to leave. It's a pioneering story. It's a story of um, uh, for a young kid in Australia dreaming of playing in England one day and achieving that. Um, it's a story of um, then managing uh, at the time the greatest footballer on the planet or one of them um, spending time at Real Madrid, the greatest club of the century, um, falling into drug addiction, into cocaine addiction, into crack cocaine addiction um, and um, surviving it and, and coming back and, and, and now trying to live other um, football goals. You know, um, there's nothing that, that we believe here at the Mariners we can't achieve here and that we can't achieve on, on a world football level. So, um uh, get ready for riding shotgun too. <laughs> oh, really? Right. We'll look forward to that, and, and we'll uh, we get Dylan to listen to that one when you've done the audio book yeah. as well. So, um, listen, Andy, thanks ever so much for joining us. It, you know, it was a a great pleasure last time, and 
you know, saying this time, really, really appreciate your time and um, and the early start for you to, to join us from the other side of the world. Um, so that's it for this episode. Uh, our guest coming up for the rest of this week. Tomorrow, it's Reading women's defender Lily Woodham. Um, Friday, former Reading defender Linvoy Primus. And then Saturday, um, former Reading midfielder John Halls. And all of those episodes are available anytime from six o'clock. And then as soon as we hear about the new manager, we'll we'll bring you an episode with our reaction to that. Um, but just to finish off with, just a massive thank you again to Andy Bernal. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Um, always a, a pleasure. Um, you can have me on whenever you want. Um, hopefully um, uh, we see Reading um, back up in, in, in the higher leagues. Um, but for now, um, we... We stick by them, you know. You got you got to support them, and, and you got to have faith. And and uh, um, but uh, I'm just uh, um, extremely happy that uh, you guys still remember me and and and, and invite me onto the show. It uh, really makes my day. Um, kind of reliving some old memories and and, and um, catching up with you guys. So thank you very much. No, okay. and best luck in the mate. Get the grand final. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll certainly um, certainly try our best. But now versus Lafondra in the final, we'll look forward to yeah. that one. I saw Central Coast, I think about 2008, Central Coast v Sydney FC at the uh, Sydney Stadium, the grand final there. I think Sydney yeah. won 1-0. I, I, that was a long time ago in my memory. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. Adam, it's going to be different this time. I hope so, mate. Well, I don't hope so for Adam Lafondra, but I'm torn. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's see if we... Um... You know what? I met him like for the first time. I, I didn't really even know. I don't think he even knew who I was. And I went up and, and, and just said, "Hi, Adam. I used to play for Reading too." And he kind of looked at me, and uh, he probably still doesn't know who I am. But um, <laughs> if I was playing, he'd know who I was. I'd love. Oh to yeah, gotcha. Yeah, you, you go right through. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.